0: Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs, raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg, Meg Brunson. Brunson. Hello and welcome. You are listening to episode number 32 of the Familypreneur Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by my free 2018 holiday campaign planner. Wait, holidays? Yeah, I know the kids are still enjoying summer vacation, but as business owners, we have to start thinking about the holidays now. Most holiday shoppers will begin their holiday shopping as early as October, but we have to start planning way earlier. And the most successful marketers have already started. So to help catch you up, I put together a free downloadable planner that includes a pre-holiday checklist, calendar planning pages, and a variety of campaign planning worksheets for both in-store and e-commerce-based businesses so that you can get started quickly and easily today. The cost of advertising will increase in Q4, and the best way to minimize the inflation is by planning ahead. So download the guide at megbrenson.com slash holiday and start planning today. Our guest today lives in the sleepy mountain town of Nelson, British Columbia, where she's a triple-latte-fueled mom to two kids, a 13-year-old girl and a 9-year-old boy, the wife to a rock-climbing obsessed engineer, and the special person to their blonde wiener dog named Angel. She's been writing about creativity, self-care, and simplicity over at Bliss Beyond Naptime since 2006. And she's the founder of Mama Bliss Coaching School, a 12-week life and creativity coaching training program that has certified over 30 moms in eight countries so far. Welcome to the show, Kathy Stowell. Hi, Kathy. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Meg. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to jump into your story. You came from a very entrepreneurial background. I know you mentioned that your parents and siblings are all entrepreneurial. Um, Your husband is quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges that that might have posed and how you kind of got everything started and began your entrepreneurial journey? Sure. He is the opposite of
1: entrepreneurial, but so he thinks because he is actually uh, an engineer, but he works contracts. So when I think initially of him being non-entrepreneur, I'm thinking more of his background, the way he was raised. He was a latchkey kid. So he grew up with both his parents working outside the home and him and his sister having to fend for themselves when they got home and very traditional nine to five until they retired and now they're living in the lap of luxury as you know the <laughs> the proverbial retirees um, but I am feeling that when we first got together I don't know if it's because maybe I falsely advertised I was on that same career path because I was corporate I was working in advertising at the time um, but I was also really into yoga so when I announced to him that I was going to Take my teacher training. He was extremely excited for me. Um, so I think back in those days, we were both entering a phase where we were more open to thinking outside the box, just looking at the way, even the way we got married was pretty unconventional, the way we had home births. It was always kind of questioning the status quo. So he was really enthusiastic about me going on this yoga teaching career path. Eventually, I quit my day job to do it full time. And he was super excited at first, but then that led to another business idea, and he was always supportive, but I can tell there's always kind of that back-of-the-mind thinking, and I think what happened is when we got more kind of grown up you know, having kids and purchasing houses, et cetera, then he started kind of coming into his um, kind of his default mode of being more conservative, And I find it interesting because even though that's what his mindset is, he works contracts. So I was just thinking about this today because at this moment, he's rock climbing. It's right now (laughs) prime time for him to be working, but he does this a lot. So even though when he is feeling fearful of our finances – I'm always kind of trusting in the universe because I'm more comfortable with my dad. Uh, We would live through cycles of abundance and scarcity. And so I'm more comfortable with that type of risk taking. Whereas when he gets fearful, he contracts. And then he will say, oh, why don't you just get a regular job just so that we have that predictable, you know, so it totally depends on his mood and if there's work coming in for him. But other than that, I think deep down he appreciates that I have the flexibility to be here with the kids when they're off school, when they're sick. And we're able to enjoy some freedom that we can take holidays at weird times or, you know take off on very spontaneous little date trips. So yeah. So yeah, I was just
0: psychoanalyzing him just when I was thinking about your
1: question. So there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And how, I'm curious to know, how do you get through personally those moments of scarcity? Because we feel the same thing (sighs) here. You know, sometimes the client work is abundant and sometimes it's not. How do you get through those times either emotionally or mentally or just financially?
1: Yeah. So he has a pretty low threshold for scarcity (laughs) (laughs) compared to me. So it is interesting how I get through it personally. I just, where his, his thinking is more kind of the default of, You know, we got to limit spending. So I honor him. We have this kind of budget dance where I start keeping track of all the receipts that we spend on groceries. For me, that's what I like to spend money on the comfort, (laughs) not comfort food, but, you know, um, we don't eat out, but I buy, you know, organic food. Uh, You know, I I don't, I kind of splurge when it comes to that because I don't like eating out. I like to make us really solid meals. So I kind of appease him by showing him how much I'm spending. I try to spend a little bit less, but. My default though is I work harder. So when I'm feeling the scarcity set in, I make sure I'm up at like five in the morning and hustling a little bit more. So it's kind of like he looks more at the end of restricting expenses and I'm more like, okay, let's bring in some more income and get creative a little bit with it.
0: And that's something you can only really do as an entrepreneur, right? Is Uh really be in control of that. Like you can just hustle harder to make more money. You can't go to your... 40-hour-a-week, 9-to-5 job and be like, all right, I need another grand, you know? Exactly.
1: I love that, that we have that option.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned to me earlier that you were brainstorming ways to make money with your husband because you were planning a move away from the city. Could you talk a little bit about that? What, What made you decide to make the move into the boonies, as you call it, and how did that impact the path you were on? I love talking about this. Okay. So before I met my husband, this is really personal and probably
1: TMI, I like never had serious relationships. I was just like, woo, you know, kind of like dating a lot. And then I hit 29 and I'm like, oh dear, if I want to have kids, (laughs) I probably should like start, you know, getting serious with someone here. But I think part of it is I was holding out for him. I totally manifested him. I just knew he was out there. And so when I saw him, it was just one of those really cheesy, love at first sight moments. So much so that when we went on our first date, we had that that conversation pretty much it was either on our first or second date he was like where do you see yourself in the future and I said I see me raising children in the country and then I met his mom shortly after that and she even like brought up that conversation She's like so Craig tells me that you guys want to move out to the country (laughs) and I'm like he said that (laughs) awesome so um He also got me into rock climbing and we discovered this neck of the woods, like I was sharing with you about two hours north of Idaho. Total, yeah, out of the beaten path. Like no one comes out here, which is nice. It's crazy beautiful, but you really want to be, this is your destination because it's not along the way of any serious destination. (laughs) So we were actually visiting a mutual friend's brother and we're like, oh my God, I want to live here. So we just pretty much since we started dating, kept going back to this place. And then we bought land, but there's no industry here. This is back in 2000. And we have this like raw piece of land with dreams to building a a straw bale house and start a hobby farm. But then we're like, we got to figure out what we're going to do for work. So funny enough, I thought, oh, I know I could make handmade soap and sell it out here because I'm sure there's no soap makers out here. But lo and behold, I started a, on a soap business, a handmade soap business, and it was all hemp. It was called Doobie Clean. Lo and behold, you throw a rock out here, you hit either a potter or a doula or a soap maker. <laughs> it wasn't the greatest business idea. Not
0: the most unique.
1: No, no. I thought I was on to something, but no. But that's okay. I sold that business, so that was really cool. And we were very blessed that my husband, um, his chief contractor, it's like this high school buddy of his, hooked us up with a satellite dish so he can work remotely. So it just felt that he was kind of on that that edge of remote workers. And it worked out beautifully. Um, so we were able to move out here. And, yeah, he doesn't really have to head into the big city that much And it has been pretty smooth sailing. I'm really grateful for that brainstorming because I thought for sure that we would have to think of a business idea if we wanted to move out here. So it was a great foray into starting like a legit business and, you know, brush up on some sales skills. And overall, it was the kickstart to my blogging journey, which essentially has brought me to what I'm doing today.
0: And you were able to transition your blog from a hobby, really right? To keep in touch with your family into your business. So what did that look like? It was so much fun.
1: Um, so yes, yeah, so it was a way, my blog was a way for the grandparents to keep tabs on us, what we're up to, watch the kids grow up. And it also turned into a way to document my hobby farming attempts forays. You know, We had permaculture agenda, we had chickens and cows. So it was all about like, hey, look, look at this cheese I made today. And I was really into sewing. Like, look at this cute little matching outfits I made for the kids today. So to monetize, because I just love the creative outlet that was blogging. I began first with Etsy shop. So selling the art yarn I was spinning and the clothes I was sewing. And I just felt that was a little draining after a while because, you know, I would, I had a routine, the kids would be in bed and Craig and I would be watching like like a movie or TV show or something and I'd be sitting there spinning yarn like getting super tired and then I have to like say goodbye to my little yarn baby the next day and I felt like this isn't really (laughs) scalable so I decided that I would make an e-course so I created an e-course for moms just like me who wanted to sew and but felt like Life was really busy. So I created an e course called Backwoods Mama Sew Camp. And then people would purchase a spot and immediately they would get access to Backwoods Wardrobe and they can download the sewing patterns. And then there's all these videos of me showing them how to sew, even with kids around. So the whole premise was, you know, letting go of perfection and just noticing that little five minute chunks here and there can add up to a finished product. It might take you a little extra longer, but who cares? It won't take you that long to have a pair of bloomers or a pinafore with big poofy pockets. <laughs> and my most favorite part of that offering was, well, well, to be honest, it was pretty cool to wake up and see the PayPal notifications. And even though it was a lot of like, upfront legwork to begin with, but also getting like the um, emails from people who took the program and sending me like little photos of them wearing their little outfits. and They just look so cute. It just like turned up my love for them. Even though my followers, we would often, you know, have these little connection times through comments and emails saying, thanks for that blog post, yada, yada. This took it to another level. So that is what kind of sparked my intrigue of maybe looking at working more intimately with mamas just like me who perhaps feel a little isolated, either physically or emotionally, who are very creative and are finding ways to bring more simplicity to their day so they can, you know, see what gets them creatively excited. So that's why I decided to become a creativity coach.
0: So does that lead into Mama Bliss? Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> Tell me what is Mama Bliss and how does it help with business success?
1: So Mama Bliss also came around around that time too when people when my followers were asking me how are you doing all that you do you're super prolific with your blogging you're making cheese you know you're offering these e-courses when I sat and meditated on that question. uh, What came up was embracing simplicity principles. So I read the book Simplicity Parenting by Kim John Payne. Um, I'm trying to think. I think around the time my son was like a toddler. He's nine now. And it was like, oh my God, this is totally my own personal philosophy but written out in this really eloquently readable style. And I'm like, I know because I'm I'm, I'm an entrepreneur with that, you know, the bush pilot dad and the (laughs) scene. everything I want to entrepreneur eyes. And I'm like, I'm going to take their coaching training and I'm going to turn it into an online offering. So that's what I did. So the core philosophy and simplicity parenting, it's about applying simplicity in all these different areas for your child to stay, baseline adorable, but I know implementing these strategies that I came back to baseline adorable. <laughs> and that is mama bliss. It's when you're just at your, you know, your most Instagrammable moment when you're just feeling like, yeah, I got this. So that's mama bliss. In simplicity parenting, um, when the kids are feeling you know, just that constant layer of stressors that is living in our modern age, just constant activities, choices, stuff surrounding, that's when they move from feeling adorable up the scale to just, you know, every kid's different. You can tell when your kid's overstressed. So both my kids, for instance, they display it in different ways. And I display it by getting impatient or even worse than that, anxious. I worry uh, to the point sometimes where like a little bit of a panic attack happens. So I know, okay, Mama Bliss has to come back to center. So I created four pillars of Mama Bliss. And number one is self-care. Uh, number two is the creative play. So making sure that you're opening self up to some kind of Whatever is accessible for you, creative expression or creative project. Uh, number three is values. So really reminding yourself or having the conversation with your partner or co-parent, what values are we really wanting to celebrate so that our kids are getting like drenched in them? And finally, simplicity. So what can we consciously discard so that we can celebrate those values in a real sustainable and fun way? Wow. I really like that. Thank you. Yeah. I love it. And yeah, it helps me. It helps me. I feel um, being able to like make things happen, like dream up, get quiet, find my mama bliss. When it's wobbly, just doing a quick check-in. And then it brings so much clarity on what it is that I do want to do with my business. Let's see if we can simplify it. And then it just brings me the energy to actually take those baby steps that add up every day. And, and I'm happy to um, help my clients with that too.
0: And I can see how that could help personally as, as a family, but also help as a business. Totally. Yeah. What are some ways that you create the time in your day to have more of that mama bliss and also to work on your business?
1: Just really paying attention to what your own energy levels are. So are you a morning person or are you a night owl? Like for myself, I know that after six o'clock, you know, my brain's a little mushy. So I don't even go there unless it's an emergency. Like, you know, a client can only talk to me or it's an interview Then, I'm like, okay, sure. But other than that is really embracing the times when you're at your peak for the task at hand. So what I've done is, you know, that's part of the reason my blog was called Bliss Beyond Nap Time. So when the kids were napping, instead of doing housework, I would do whatever would get me excited. And for me, it was blogging or responding to emails from my readers or making that sales page. And on that note, what worked for me too, is that if the kids were conscious, (laughs) that is when I would do the housework, you know, so they didn't think it happened all by itself. You know, they wake up and the house is clean and uh, they would help. I would encourage them to help. They're surprisingly helpful at such a young age, Um, really leaning on schedules. So this is heavily borrowed from when I was homeschooling my daughter. So I homeschooled her for three years and we were using a a Waldorf inspired curriculum. You know, I just really nerded out with that at the beginning so much so (laughs) that I wrote down like our day's schedule. And so I would write down "Wake up eight o'clock or whatever" and have breakfast, go for a walk, and then the Waldorf approach to education and living essentially um, is really cute. Every day of the week has a different theme, like a different color, a different grain, um, and what we did, we would incorporate a different household task to it. So, like you know, Monday would be clean the bathroom day, Tuesday vacuums, etc. And funny enough, and that was like about ten years ago. There's a lot of still residue from those days that to this day we use that, you know, my kids like 13, both of them, my other one's nine. Um, After dinner, they still automatically without, without me saying anything, they get their pajamas on. It's kind of cute, kind of sad, but mostly cute. (laughs) And we have dessert and they know after that, then it's bedtime, but it's just kind of, there's a a natural rhythm to the day that you don't even have to speak. So I feel that, that kind of took a load off of me for parenting and disciplining, just like really establishing strong rhythms. So I interpret that into just affording me a lot of time to like, okay, you guys, I'm going to go work now. So go outside, you know, you know, entertain (laughs) yourself. Like we'll reconnect again, a strong pause point um, for our lunch, like every day, same lunch times, same bedtime, same meal time, same awake times.
0: So that helps. So you just mentioned telling them to go entertain themselves. Do you have issues with your kids getting getting bored while you're working? Is that concerning for you? Oh,
1: no. I love boredom. I'm just like, okay, bring it on, boredom. You know, again, Kim John Payne, he has a great quote. Um, boredom is the precursor to creativity. So if you let them get bored, you'll see. Just let them wind it up. Sometimes it takes a while. Just breathe through it. Uh, I actually made a, a video called 10 Snappy Comebacks to Unboard. If you just, like, let them wind it out, they're going to come up with, like, the most amazing creative play. Like, I'll leave my office and the whole play areas, you know, the sport tunnel situation. Or they're making, like, stop motion animation. Or they're um, – Pulling out a Christmas present that they unearth in the electrical room that <laughs> I haven't seen it in two years, um, it's just like oh cool, you know. And or they'll make up a game. They 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 go through phases too. It's so cool. They they'll make a card, um, a board game, even no pun intended, with you know making their own cards, and it's just like awesome because that is totally how I grew up. My mom would be sewing. She worked as a seamstress from home. And me and my little brother, who we we're very close in age, we would totally go off on our own adventures. We would play the prices right with her sewing notions, I remember. We made these like weird games up that made no sense. I could still remember the songs we used to sing for a change of scenery, you know? Like that's such a sweet part of childhood. So I really wanna nourish that and encourage that as much as I can. And boredom is a huge part of it. And, you know, bring it on. It's good for you. <laughs>
0: Now, do you see um, like an entrepreneurship mindset in your kids? Do you see
1: that developing? Yes. And I get very excited when I do see it. I see it mostly with my daughter. And I think it's because she's 13. And I remember when I was that age, um, that's when I made these t-shirts like out of felt, you know, fabric pens, rent a kid. And I started like kind of marketing myself as rent a kid. <laughs> and um, She's starting to do that in little baby steps. Um, she did her babysitting course last summer and, you know, it's so cute, like how seriously she takes her job. And, um, I'm really proud of her. She has great work ethic. Um, and then the entrepreneurial front, you know, like she's extremely creative, like since day one, she's very crafty, um, and very proud of her workmanship too. So, um, I see it, but one thing I like to share is I kind of see traces of my own journey echoed in hers so far. For example, we both did the Waldorf Craft Fair here this Christmas, and she made all of these really cute um, felted foods. You know, like my mom got her one of those books, and I ha- they have the the cute little faces and stuff. So she was super excited. She made like a ton of them. She sold them, and then she's like. I am never going to make another felted food for the rest of my life. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I get it. That's what happened with me with my art yarn. It was just, you know, so I really, I'm just, it's really neat to see her experiencing that. So, you know, taking mental notes. So I I cannot wait. I totally trust, you know, she's going to land somewhere, hopefully entrepreneurial. It's so funny. I'm like fingers crossed for that, but you know, I'm holding space for her to unfold as she will, but I could see it happening for her, but you know, If she wants to rebel and become a lawyer, then what can you (laughs) do?
0: Do you think your husband has an opinion on that as well? Would he prefer that she went the traditional route to become a lawyer? He's such an awesome dad.
1: We're both on the same wavelength. So he is fully supportive of making their dreams come true. I'm confident that he'll be cool with it.
0: So at the end of the day, what is your number one piece of advice for the parents listening to this right now?
1: Well, since we're on the theme of letting the kids get bored, is let them get bored. I've actually written a blog post like a long time ago called Why I Don't Play With My Kids. <laughs> that is pretty much why. It's just allowing them to get comfortable in the discomfort of, you know, nothing's laid out here for me to do next. And if you think about it, that's essentially... What the entrepreneurial path is comprised of is you have to set your own agenda, and life is going to hurl these obstacles. Um, as a mom, you know there's no shortage of oh great, <laughs> well, someone's got pink eye, or you know, or someone's headlights, someone's got this, and <laughs> like it's something every day. Um, so uh, I think. And that's for me the big part of the Waldorf education. Why I was really excited about you know they go to the Waldorf school now. It um, it really that's how they learn is through creativity, and I think it's a muscle. And that is why you know creativity is the second pillar, of Mama Bliss. You know we're going to need our, our creative muscles flexing and to stay strong to contend with these challenges that life inevitably brings up.
0: I've never made that connection, but it totally makes sense that. Teaching kids to deal with boredom would prepare them for entrepreneurship because as an entrepreneur, you you have to set your own schedule. You have to do that all for yourself. Nobody's telling you what to blog about. You have to figure it out. Yeah. Now, I know that you have a free download that offers 24 ways to make more time in your day, right? even when you've got kids around. Can you share information about that with us? Absolutely. So it's a really super simple, downloadable
1: printout. And I offer 24 really doable, easy ways for you to be inspired to take action on so that you can buy some more time to take those steps towards your business goals or any other life goals. I run a program. It's a coaching training program called Mama Bliss Coaching School. So this is pretty much all these little baby steps are, um, they encompass the core philosophy that is Mama Bliss Coaching, which is the releasing perfection piece and, and just doing the baby step. That works in your season of either mothering or the season of your business today. And just otherwise, embrace where you're at and do what you can. And remember that all those little tiny baby steps add up. And if you reflect on it, it's pretty amazing what we're able to get accomplished in a day with all that's on our mama plates. And um, if we're just checking in to see what's on there, toss out what's no longer serving, or we can just put on the back burner for a specific season or for a month I love seasons, so I just consciously choose, okay, what am I going to focus on in my self-care for this spring, and what am I going to focus on in terms of my business theme for this month, and this download will give you some ideas on ways that you can buy back some time so that you can pour it into something that you're really passionate about and your kid's are actually they're not going to be you know deprived or anything. They're actually going to be thriving. But not only that, they're such little sponges. They're going to pick up on your excitement, uh, on your sense of accomplishment and enthusiasm of what you get to dive into. They're going to be so happy for you, and you're going to be inspiring them to do the same.
0: That's great. And I'm going to put that link in our show notes so Thank that people you. can go to the show notes, click the link, and get right over to your free download. Where else can people learn more about you?
1: If you Google Bliss Beyond Nap Time, I'll come up for sure. <laughs> and um, uh, you can head on over to, to, um, Google Mama Bliss Coaching School. That's the coaching training program. I offer twice a year as a group run. And uh, I also offer Mama Bliss Coaching Private School if you want to train with me one-on-one. But yeah, go on Facebook. I'm over at Bliss Beyond Nap Time, And um, I cannot wait to see you. If you check out my freebie, you'll get on my list. And i love to connect that way for sure.
0: This has been so great. Thank you so much for sharing all of this information. I feel like you've got such a great story, and I loved learning about all the pivots that you took along the way and how that shaped where you are today. And those four pillars I i don't know if I'm, I'd remember them right off the bat self care, creativity, values, and then simplicity. There you go. Look at you. There you go. I was paying attention. Mama Bliss Master. There you go. <laughs> We'll bullet those out too in the notes, but I, I like it. I'm, I'm definitely going to going to reflect on that a little bit more. I think simplicity is one of those things that I really struggle with, you know, staying organized and and keeping things basic and, and simple around here. We've got a lot of uh, abundance over here in toys, and keepers, <laughs> and I like it. I'm going to evaluate my life with those four pillars of perspective. So I appreciate it. Oh, wonderful, Meg! Thank you. You're welcome. You'll find all of the links mentioned in this week's episode, plus the show notes, at megbrenson.com slash 32. Last week, we were joined by Becky Mollenkamp. She's the creator of the Own It, Crush It movement. With nearly 15 years' experience as a business owner, she helps women navigate the mindset and tactical struggles of self-employment. Through her courses, exclusive membership community, and group program, Becky has mentored hundreds of women to own and crush their boss status. We discussed the influence Becky's mom had on her entrepreneurial journey, the mindset shift she experienced when it came to the American dream, and how Becky's business changed when she became a mom. We also discussed tips and tricks for juggling all the things and the tools that make her life easier. I highly recommend you go back and give her episode a listen if you happen to have missed it. Next week, I'm excited to announce that I'll be welcoming Pat Flynn to the show. He's a father, husband, and entrepreneur who lives and works in San Diego. He owns several successful online businesses and is a professional blogger, keynote speaker, Wall Street Journal bestselling author, and host of the Smart Passive Income and Ask Pat podcasts, which have earned a combined total of over 50 million downloads, multiple awards, and features in publications such as the New York Times and Forbes. He's also an advisor for brands like Leadpages and ConvertKit and other companies in the digital marketing arena. Pat's podcasts were the first that I really fell in love with, and he's been my personal mentor through the launch of Familypreneur. He's got some amazing insight to share about raising our kids with an entrepreneurial mindset and you absolutely must not miss that episode. If you're not subscribed to this podcast yet, what are you waiting for? Subscribe today and be sure you don't miss Pat next week. Thanks guys, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. To let's freak.